0: May your words be preached and may your words be heard. Amen. The propers today all cluster around sheep and shepherd, starting with the uh, collect for the day and Jesus teaching, I am the good shepherd. And sheep and shepherd are a reoccurring issue throughout scripture. And if you remember, Jacob met the love of his life, Rachel, at a well while she was tending to her father's sheep. And Moses met God in the burning bush while he was tending his father-in-law's sheep. And he accepted the commission to lead the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt into freedom. And King David, the greatest king who ever lived, began his life as a shepherd, the youngest son in a shepherd's family. And while he was out there tending his sheep He would play his harp, compose poetry called Psalms, and practice his work with the sling in order to protect the sheep from lions, wolves, and bears. And Jesus often referred to sheep and shepherd imagery as we heard in today's gospel. Now, when I was Bishop of Southwestern Virginia, we had a companion diocese with Bradford, England, And Bradford city itself is a Rust Belt city, but it's on the edge of Yorkshire Dales, which is this stunningly beautiful pastoral scene with these large, deep green fields surrounded by stone walls, dry stone walls, and lots and lots of pristine white sheep. And one time on sabbatical, Dorothy and I went to New Zealand and spent a couple of weeks there visiting churches and talking to people. And one day our priest hostess took us to watch sheep shearing. And they brought all these sheep in and the sheep shearers had mechanical, not hand driven instruments, but they would bring them in and they'd share the sheep and they'd get up and look all shorn and pristine. Then when they finished with those, they brought in a bunch of sheep that they'd missed last year that they hadn't picked up a year ago. And they had two years of wool which dragged on the ground and they were covered with mud and filthy dirty and they were shorn and when they got up they kind of shook off a little bit and they looked all white and pure and pristine. Now it's important to remember that the sea, what Jesus and Palestine live does not look like rural New Zealand or rural England. It's a very different landscape and in fact, looked like I had imagined it. And a shepherd would have to lead maybe a hundred sheep around looking for grass to feed on and going to a well or a stream in which to drink. Now, in the diocese of Southwestern Virginia where I served, we didn't have many sheep. In fact, actually I didn't see any while we were there. But we had a family that did raise sheep, and one day they gave me a present. And this is a for real shepherd staff, as you can see. And actually, when we were in Bradford and went to the sheep and cattle mart, we saw by the barrel full these for, I don't know, eight pounds or something like this, and here it was. And I dressed it up with uh, some hiking badges just for the fun of it. Now, the bishop carries a crozier, and it's, it's one of the symbols of a bishop is a crozier, and it's been that way for centuries. And the reason is to make the point that the bishop is the chief shepherd in the diocese, not the only shepherd of the diocese, but the chief shepherd. Now, about the time I was in college and in seminary, and early in my years as vicar of St. Bede's, we had a Suffragan bishop in his name Uh, was Hal Gross, and he told me one time that the bishop's crozier, the shepherd's staff, has two ends to it. One, to bring the sheep in, and the other, to hurry the sheep along and to always be ready to defend the sheep. And Southwestern Virginia had a very important ceremonial crozier, and I used that crozier most of the time, and the crozier came with a story. Bishop Marmion, my predecessor to Back, was elected bishop in 1954, the same week that the Supreme Court handed down its unanimous decision outlawing racial segregation in public schools. And Bishop Marmion announced to the diocese that the diocese was going to work on integration, that it was the law of the land and the policy of the Episcopal Church and the right thing to do. The pushback was severe. And one of the centers of that pushback came from Christchurch Martinsville, a mill mill town. And Christchurch Martinsville itself was literally the mill owner's church. And that became one of several centers of opposition. And the youth group there started to fundraise. They raised money by the way youth groups do. They bake food sales, washing cars, and they raised enough money that they wrote off to England, to Whipple's, and ordered a crozier. There was no diocesan crozier. And it came, and it was this very elegant, handsome, simple, ebony and silver crozier. And in fact, exactly the same crozier that Bishop Gross had in his work here in the Diocese of Oregon. And at the Youth Acolyte Festival in 1960, they gave it to Bishop Marmion as a gift to show their support for him in the matter of integrating the diocese. Now, as time went on in the Diocese of Southwestern Virginia, I told that story more and more, mostly to youth groups, confirmation classes, but also sometimes to mixed groups of adults and youth. And I would say I carried the Crozier for three reasons. One, because I'm the bishop and to remind everybody and me that I was the bishop. Secondly, to remind me to spine up once in a while and do the right thing, even knowing that I was going to get severe pushback. And third, to remind the youth and actually everybody that they had the power that day, that week, that year, to do something, to give encouragement, to give courage 40 years down the road. Now for some reason this week when I was thinking about the story, this quote came to my mind from Cornell West. Justice, is what love looks like in public. God is love, and God loves us, and God loves you, exactly as we are, exactly as you are, without reservation, more than we can ask or begin to remember. Amen.